before we get into this episode just a friendly warning that this was being recorded on the 20th of april and we started off this podcast by talking about uh, the european super league and its implications as we as the four of us were extremely distressed by the announcement but uh, while we were recording the episode is when we started getting the live updates of the clubs pulling out starting with chelsea and manchester city so this is more of a live reaction podcast as well by the end of it and um it's not you know a quintessential quintessential episode with the flow but funnily enough uh, uh, it's probably our favorite episode yet and we hope you enjoy it as much as we did recording it and uh, we hope that you would understand the the roller coaster of emotions that we go through by the end of this as well so enjoy and cheers guys we know what you are we know what you are six greedy bastards we know what you are hey guys welcome to yet another episode of pundit 3 and a pint where a couple of average blokes are having above average football conversations joining me on the podcast today is vaishnav akshat and pope and let's get straight into it guys um it's been a very very sad week for all football fans uh, together overall uh, i think we've all felt a sense of betrayal and mistrust from our teams um of course i'm talking about the announcement of the european super league where uh, for the listeners who don't know 12 clubs have gotten together to uh, form a breakaway european league uh these 12 clubs are uh, the big six from england united city arsenal spurs liverpool chelsea um three clubs from italy inter ac and juventus and three clubs from spain atletico uh, real and barcelona uh the idea is that uh, they form a new league of 20 teams and 15 members which are the founding members so called so called fucking founding members do not ever get relegated from that league so they have automatic promotion uh of course this uh shakes the very core of why we love the sport or why we love football and uh, there have been multiple reactions from all parts of the world from pundits from fans from players themselves from managers uh who have come openly and spoken against these 12 big teams um let me just start off by reading out uh, mr joel glazer's statement uh who is the co-chairman of manchester united and the owner and he's probably come for two manchester united games in about uh, 16 years uh, and uh, this is what he said by bringing together the world's greatest clubs and players to play each other throughout the season the super league will open a new chapter for european football ensuring world class competition in facilities and increase financial support for the wider football pyramid and uh, as a united fan i can say that i am terribly terribly depressed angry sad um and i feel like uh, my my club has betrayed me a lot now what i really want to say as the starting point is that uh, a couple of years ago i would laugh at uh, americans for calling it soccer instead of football and now those same bastards have come and completely destroyed the game that i love um i would like to bring akshat into this conversation first hi akshat how are you feeling hi amar um yeah i mean i think ashamed is the number one emotion right now i'm ashamed that football is dying and it's my club which has contributed to the death of it um and let's i mean i know it sounds extremely melodramatic when i say death of football but 
this is death of European football. If it does go through, this is the death of Euro- European football as we know it. Um, the very foundation, the very values of European football is what is being attacked over here. The fact that you need to earn your place. You need to earn your place at the top of the table. You need to earn your place to play with the best. That is the core value, right? That is what the promotion relegation system is all about. Clubs at a lower level have to earn promotion to come to the Premier League and play with the best teams in England. And English teams need to finish in the top four and earn their place in the Champions League and play the biggest stage. That is what European football is all about. And these guys think that all that is fine, but is that really good for business? Is that the best business model we can come up with? No, um, we can secure our assets. We can secure our investment by making sure that the big teams can play each other every day, right? Why do we have to make sure that there's a competition? Why why do we have to go through the hassle of a competition? I mean, <laughs> uh, what one year you're telling me I'm not going to play the Champions League, you're not going to earn the Champions League money. That's that's unthinkable for these American owners. And okay, I mean, I, I know we're talking a lot about American owners and that's because um, uh, AC Milan, um, Manchester United, Arsenal and Liverpool, I mean, some of the bigger clubs in the breakaway league are, are American-owned. But I mean, let's face it, Real Madrid and Juventus and even a Chelsea or a Manchester City, they don't have American owners, right? They, they are the ones who are still doing it. So I, th- I think it's a little bit unfair to blame it solely on American owners. Um, but it, it's more about the greed, right? It's about greed of rich people who are trying to get even richer, uh, who are trying to ensure that uh, their pockets are always lined no matter what happens and um, who are afraid. And, and, and I just want to be clear, these guys are afraid. They are threatened by a Leicester. They are threatened by a West Ham that despite them not having the billions of the, um, the, the oil money behind them, and you know the investment banking money behind them and the backing of God knows how many shady deals, how many commercial deals behind them. They are scared that a team like a Leicester, that a team like an Aston Villa, a team like a West Ham can perform better on the pitch and outperform them and get it and get into the Champions League. They are scared of them. And that is why they're doing this. This has nothing to do, and I'm sure we're going to get into exactly what they said in terms of their statement, but this has nothing to do with ensuring the quality of football it has nothing to do with, um, you know, this is what the fans want. The fans want to see the biggest teams play each other every single day. This has nothing to do with any of that. This is them scared, scared of all of these smaller teams performing better than them. It is them scared that one day they're not going to be earning as much as they are today. That's all it's about. It's about greed. Yeah. You did bring up the point saying that uh, it's uh, you can't blame the Americans totally, but uh, I just want to point out really quickly that uh, the model that the European Super League is based on very closely resonates with an American model of sport. So maybe that influence has come over time. Um, now, uh, I just want to bring Vaishnav into this conversation. Uh, Vaishnav, how and when did we get here? How did we get to this point? When did we get here? I guess... Um... The minute people realize that having more money is better than having less money, that's what we got here. Um, and how we got here is because you don't get to play with fire and not get burnt. You don't get to sleep with the devil and not sign your soul away. That's not how life works. There are consequences to your actions. Um, I <laughs> and Amar started off the pod in a super nice way by alienating an entire fucking continent by saying this is the American spot. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> which it very much is and i agree with him but i mean like akshat says there are lots of uh, continental owners as well who have their own problems which i'm sure we'll get to <clears throat> but i mean in terms of how we got here it's before we go there i thought it would be nice to look at what football is as a product is manchester united is arsenal are chelsea are they the product that we are following i don't think it is like as much as i would like to smack arsenal up 3-0 every weekend which would be fucking beautiful right because it's banter but is that truly the product that we have come to know as european football or just global football it is the one true and only globally played sport it is a cultural fucking phenomenon this is not something you can play with this is fifa world cup viewership numbers it's not doremon this stuff is levels this is universally accepted by various religions across the world fucking during the second world war wasn't there an armistice between the germans and the brits in on fucking uh, uh, no man's land where they played football on christmas that's my first thing what is football as a product in 2015-16 we saw probably one of the greatest moments in sport when leicester won the premier league Was that fifteen, sixteen, or thirteen, fourteen? I forget, but you guys know what I mean. I'm sure we all know if you're a football fan that Leicester won the Premier League recently. It's also nice to point out that Leicester have won the Premier League way more recently than Arsenal and United have. The supposedly big historic clubs, fucking trash in my eyes at this point. But that is what the product of football is. There were way more people. People who watch football are going to watch football, right? If the ESL happens, like we were talking, if it happens, it happens, right? We end up watching it. how much more traction was there within the widespread sporting community when something like leicester happened when city scored that aguero goal in the last minute of their game to win the league by one goal they won the league by one goal in a low scoring sport they won the league by one goal and i cannot overstate to our listeners how big a deal that is and these are momentous moments these are moments that are enshrined in time that you this is what gives the product its inherent value the reason that you're able to go to bt sport bn sport sky and say i want a multi billion dollar broadcasting deal is because people are talking about your sport it's because ajax are beating real madrid it's because of tottenham randomly going to the semi final it's because of this is because liverpool can fucking take a corner quickly and score at fucking the cop and and win that game against barca fonal and then go through to the fucking semis i think it was the semis at that point but this is a product man this is a product we're trying to tinker with and it's not a sport that's played by 20 teams like the nba it's not a world series baseball world series in quotes guys this isn't what this is this is a truly international product we play this sport in bangalore we play this sport in fucking jakarta we play this sport everywhere so uh, this is it's really gotten under my skin and i don't like this is the whole thing that i have capitalism is great but the american model is not capitalism it's commercialization and there's a big difference capitalism is doggy dog the best are the best that is what sports is at its absolute core that is what sports is if you're faster than me you win the 100 meters that that it stops right there right but what we have seen with the so called big clubs right now in europe doing is ignoring the inherent value in sport and taking that jeopardy away and by doing that not being as capitalistic as you would want to be capitalism drives innovation why aren't you guys figuring out a better way to run your operational costs crying that the covid-19 pandemic has hit you well, are you fucking kidding me dude don't give me that shit dude <laughs> fiorentino perez bought a fucking 28 year old eden hazard for 160 million and like 
short of a year ago a man has a mcdonald's membership and you're telling me you need a bailout now from the footballing pyramid no are you telling me that like i want to see you come on live tv and tell me this i want to see you say that you have financial problems but then also admit that you've taken fucking leveraged loans on the club you know <laughs> let's put all the facts on the tables guys like this is it, it gets under my skin i i, I, I guess financial problems are very subjective to to the stature of the club right i mean for perez his financial problem would be to not be able to sign a haland or to not be able to uh, exactly. renew sergio ramos's contract i feel like his his financial problem at this point is not being able to sell uh, sell enough fucking uh hazard jerseys in taiwan that's his real issue right now he doesn't give a fuck about the la liga he doesn't care about the champions league we have seen teams who are in the championship and lower like uh, coventry for example who are actually struggling to bring back the employees of the club who they put on follow like maybe who are in the sales and marketing and pr team now that is true financial that is true financial problems right that is and if you look further down the footballing pyramid in england itself there are teams the non league teams that have had to put their playing staff on follow yeah these are not professional footballers these are not footballers who earn their bread by playing football i'll give you that but, but what is happening here man you're a football club and you can't play your football players like that is financial burden <laughs> not not being able to buy fucking haland that doesn't qualify i'm sorry <laughs> uh let's let's just uh, touch a little bit upon the the ownership structure of most of these clubs that have uh, been part of the european super league um majorly private uh, yes all private right they're all private they're all private majority apart state. from uh, the spanish clubs yeah yeah they're socios but that's still private that's not a public and it's not publicly owned right it's still a private group of shareholders boys i just wanted to jump in before we continue down this route uh, we keep saying ownership but for all truth and facts they are custodians of our clubs amen brother preach preach to the lord preach to the lord they are custodians of our clubs and they do they are not owners regardless of how much money they pumped into the club they are supposed to be caretakers of the club for a duration of time, a period of time and nothing else J- that's it that is it it's a privilege it's a fucking privilege for them they have to let me remind it it's a fucking privilege to take care of our clubs they don't fucking push us around like this i mean i'm sure we're going to get here guys but this is the issue that you know that's what i touched upon you can't expect a trillionaire an essential fucking oil state one of the richest states in the world they are essentially minting their own money you can't expect them to come into what is essentially an a boom where make no two ways about it for the past 20 years football has been going through this incredible financial boom you're seeing it in the transfer market but that's not the only place it reflects football was insulated from the 2008 financial crash which is a big deal people put their money once the housing market crashed into sport and mainly into football and that's a fucking big deal it's 22 blokes kicking the shit out of each other you think that is not that great an investment but it is and it's not a great investment in terms of monetary returns it's it's about various other things which we should talk about maybe in another episode like sports washing you can't tell me that you didn't expect what's his name sheik mansoor no no but why should i have to continue what you say i mean what you said earlier in the pod um is that we basically slept with the devil right um it's not just these american owners as we said like when the glazers came in okay let's be fair there were massive protests from manchester united which continued for years when liverpool's fsg owners came in same thing right liverpool fans protested right 
didn't come to anything um there are various examples of clubs protesting against their owners time and again but nothing comes yeah, of it but the thing is with fans protesting it's sort of also like i mean we are all so emotionally vested man yeah i'm coming to that i'm coming to that so 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 fans can only have an opinion exactly. that's the problem right. we are just an opinion to these clubs there has to be and this is where i'm going to point the blame at the premier league at uefa at the governing bodies right these guys and let's let's be very clear right now it is a battle between european super league and these governing bodies right now okay and any fan with a heart will support the governing bodies but these guys are not saints they do not get to walk away free <laughs> oh, fucking far from it man when it was time for these guys to show a little bit of metal and show a little bit of control and put some regulations on these guys coming in and taking our clubs from us they didn't do anything they were happy that money is getting pumped into their leagues they were happy that they're able to sell a much better product because these guys are going to spend billions and they have spent billions in their league right that they were happy and they welcomed them with open arms like oh please come we can't get enough of you billionaires we can't get enough of you um oil barons with with shady business deals we can't get enough of you of uh, basically state owned uh, let's face it monarchies coming in and buying our clubs we can't get enough of you essentially and now now when you're getting fucked by these same guys who you welcomed in you have the audacity to say that oh we have to protect the integrity of the game the moment to protect the integrity of the game was 15 years ago when these guys were coming in okay i am going to support these guys right now i'm going to support the premier league and the eca and uefa and fifa like anything because literally football depends on it but these guys when it was time to step up they didn't step up now their backs are against the wall and they are scared shitless and each and every fan should be scared as well they they are, for me they are equally culpable they were asleep at the wheel and they couldn't see the signs when it first started just to add to that point just a quick point over here this is uh, exactly what uh, patrick bamford said in last night's game against chelsea uh, where uh, he called out the uefa saying that you know only when their pockets are being hit is when they have a reaction but uh, they did not show uh, this sort of a reaction to more serious problems like racism which i think is very true no totally totally it's about money for these guys too yeah they they don't care about saving the european game they they are scared that now their financial system is ruined exactly exactly now nah, i just wanted to mention that the premier league's uh, fit and proper person test must be a fucking joke to let all these people come through <laughs> i mean they, like they take the moral high ground the same we do these kind of, kind of checks before we let owners in i mean they gave this particular re- reason when uh, people from saudi wanted to take over newcastle i mean and it's a, so and it's a joke we can figure that out right now but my main problem is uh, i mean we we've, we've talked about how we have an issue with american owners uh the currently there are five uh, members on the board of this proposed super league right like florentino paris is the main chairman and then there are four vice chairmen out of the four vice chairmen three are americans but the fourth one that is the person i have the most uh, problem with issue with andrea nali his family has, his family has owned juventus from 1923 and he's been brought up in that culture and environment where like he knows european football through and through and he's one of the main proponents of this particular model Uh, that just hurts me man like i just don't know why he does it i mean i mean just following from what you say po does he know european football then does he we are four fucking indians sitting here across the world talking about the european model of sport but you have a man who is italy through and through whose family has run one of the most favored sporting institutions in the world 
let's not make a mistake in the fucking world right juventus is a big institution and you're telling me you don't understand this you're either telling me you don't understand this or you don't care he completely understands it he completely understands it he doesn't give a shit he's willing to look at it in the eye and ignore it and i think what you had said akshat earlier is really that is the poignant thing here is promotion and relegation the meritocracy of an open system of sporting competition is bad for business it simply is bad for business it is completely bad for business and that goes at any end of the spectrum whether you're getting relegated from the first division to the lower division whether you're getting promoted from the second division to the first division or whether you're able to make this perceived upper echelon of knockout competition which is the champions league right i mean if you let's look at england right now other than maybe i mean we're not i don't want to step on any toes here po <laughs> other than maybe arsenal and tottenham there are probably seven teams right now that can genuinely contend for those top four spots and that is an awesome spectacle to watch which has been completely tainted by this bullshit but how can you you're telling me that that's not good for your product how is that not good for your product the last like 3 years the premier league title has been a foregone conclusion couple 4 5 6 7 8 game days into the season's end what what has made us fans other than united fans because we're always at the lower fucking half of that top four but other than us what has made fans watch the sport it's the top four race it's the relegation race is the europa spots how is that not good for your product I guess it's not good for your specific product of the club that you own and where you, the money no, is coming but from. But Amar, see that that sort of that sort of killing the goose for one gold last golden egg, right? That's that's exactly what that is. It's 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 putting lipstick on a pig and saying it's a princess. It's fucking not. You are missing the entire point if you think that Manchester United has to do well for Manchester United to do well. That's Manchester United and Liverpool are in the position they are right now because of where English football is, and it's. it is codependent english football is where they are right now because of these two clubs as well but it's a fine balance here it's an ecosystem one doesn't come without the other no i just want to i just want to point out over here that in case of juventus i think uh, for the owners it was more of the case that you know they have got relegated once in the recent times and they wanted to make sure that that can we address why they got relegated <laughs> yes but i mean no no can can we address for the listeners that might not know why they got fucking relegated uh, go ahead vasna Can we go into the Calcio Poli scandal? Can we talk about it was widespread match fixing? You had Italian secret police undercover working in fucking bookie rings to get Juve booked. They, they didn't go and fucking take some steroids and run super fast. That's not what they did. They they undermined the integrity of the entire product. And these are the same guys who want to close league. because you are ruining the entire product that we have fought this far for and make no mistake pom made a very good point on the whatsapp group this is similar to the premier league breakaway it is it is taking away power from fans the difference is how it's happening when they broke away from the premier league there were lots of rules like for example no standing in british stadiums which is a big deal because that's how people our age would watch games because it was like 5 quid a ticket and that doesn't happen anymore it's like fucking 60 quid a ticket it was even the right? safety right like there have been many high profile incidents where like you've come away with games uh but i mean this is sort of tangential but there are a lot of for example fucking tfo videos yet another shout out to tfo on the pod which talk about stadium architecture and how having standing stands is safer and better if it's done the right way so it's i mean it's about what you want because let's not signal aduna has standing stands and has the best atmosphere in europe 
and why does that happen i mean if you're sitting in your seat drinking a cup of coffee you might not be singing with your friends right i mean it's it's a lot of things you give and take but more than that the premier league also shot up ticket prices not just having standing stands they also shot up the amount that you had to pay to your service provider to get the package to watch the sport so this has happened before it's never happened to this extent which is what is scary yeah i mean uh, i just wanted to say that uh, if you ask me how i feel about this right now i just feel void man i don't know what to express at this point because even though i know empty empty yeah i mean my club my club sitting at ninth position right now i mean usually you would expect a person to be completely depressed at this point but i still got the europa to look forward to we were in the fucking semis three three, three game three games away from fucking champions league football which is what we've been dying for for the past 5 years and now i don't even give two shits about it anymore like just because of one one fucking statement that that has come out yesterday i don't give two shits about the europas i don't care if they ban the club from like from the europa league i don't give two shits man like i just want to touch upon a little bit on the teams that have actually gotten into the european super league right um firstly united let's start with united because we the three of us are united fans over here um do united in the in the recent times the recent performances deserve to be in a, in in the super league do they deserve to be in the champions league on a regular basis of course not they do not and after after being bought by um the the uh, glazer family we've won i think four premier league titles one champions league and one fa cup and one europa league okay in a space of about 15 years if we won the club world cup as well but okay that that doesn't cups. matter so no my point <laughs> my point here is that for united wasn't that the famous year where wasn't that the year where they asked you to get away from the fa cup semi final or the final so that yeah. you can go, you can yeah. go like try to get the world cup to fucking england it was similar to what happened to liverpool no last season it is similar to what happened to liverpool last season no they went to i think qatar and they had to play their fucking under 12s against aston villa or some shit yeah that's the thing no like these these federations and boards talk about morals and class man i mean you're talking about a it just it just like you're talking about a club comp, uh, competition where you like it's it has a history of more than 125 years and you're talking about just randomly quitting from the semi final stage just so that you can increase your chances of getting a european like euro bid or a world cup bid so that, like by playing in the club world cup what the fuck is that man like and you talk about morals they can't they can't talk about morals okay that's that's another that's another can of worms that's another can of worms but what i wanted to touch upon is, is specifically the teams that have that have gotten this privilege so to say um i touched upon united let's touch upon liverpool before you continue amar like i just wanted to say this that i don't think we should be talking about this at this stage though because right now you need unity and listen no like you need unity among fans and what this does by talking about whether your club deserves to be in the super league or not regardless of how you feel about like your team entering there it just increases the tribalism among the fans this is what like yesterday yesterday when gary navel came on sky and spoke really good points like i like I admired whatever he said and then he opened his mouth about arsenal and spurs not deserving to be there <laughs> you can't shove the banter down for too long no it's not about <laughs> no no it's not about it's not about no, what i, I personally feel like majority mm. of the fans like they they started talking about something that is completely irrelevant to the the major topic right, right. now like Correct. they're focusing Correct. more on the tribalism i totally agree with both 
No, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to address that, bro. What I wanted to talk about specifically was that all these clubs that have come into the European Super League have come on their past laurels, not on recent performances. No, exactly. That's that. That's I think an important counterbalance because Po has a great point, man. I think what Po says, and I think I'm, we're all seeing it, dude. No one's happy about this, and I love that people are being so vocal in the age of social media to say. Guys, something is going wrong. Let's look at this. Something is not right over here. And Poe's man, that is a sentiment that strikes gold with me because you can go around saying fucking United don't deserve to be in the Europa European Super League, which they genuinely don't. You can also go around saying Arsenal don't deserve to be. But we're losing the point here. The point is that this should not happen. It's right. not about who deserves to be there or exactly. not. Exactly. But Amar also is making a great point here in showing how hypocritical the clubs are. On what basis are you telling me that you twelve foundational members are better than the rest? There's a difference between bigger and better. We see that when uh, Sheffield United, who've been relegated with one of the worst Premier League points totals ever, beat United two one, and they didn't do that by fluke. They didn't ch- catch the ball and chuck it into the net as much as Perez would like because that would be more entertaining. They beat them on the pitch. They might not be doing fucking tiki taka total football, dude. But you beat me. You get the three points. You get the three points. No one cares how you played that day. All that matters is the ball goes into the net. So yeah, I touched about I touched upon United and uh, I'll touch upon Liverpool as well. Uh, since FSG has bought them over, they've won only one Premier League title, which was last year, and the Champions League, uh, of course. But uh, I mean, the point that I'm trying to make here is that all of these teams have come on um, the basis of their past laurels, of their history. uh not more on the kind of football that they're playing in recent times that's one thing um so now who's to say who deserves to be and who doesn't deserve to be in my opinion i would say leicester deserves to be in 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 the mix as well because i think leicester are part of the big six now right um and another thing that i want to touch upon is if the same conversation happened uh, say 15 years ago you know you don't have a manchester city you don't have a chelsea you don't have uh you don't have a spurs Suppose any of it shouldn't be there either, here or, or like in the past or in the present. But it's either <laughs> now Liverpool and United have gotten on because of history. City, Spurs, and Chelsea uh, are there because of the money because they don't have any history. So what is the basis? And at the end of the day, we all know what the basis comes down to: who has the bigger stadium, who attracts the more commercial part of the revenue, who's the biggest brand exactly. Um. So yeah, just just a little. Uh, uh throwing some light onto that onto that one thought of mine um but let's move on uh what happens now what do you think happens now guys what does fifa do what does uefa do a lot pandemonium chaos <laughs> chaos man no one knows what they do yeah it's 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 absolute chaos so uh, the way you look at it is it's a nuclear war right 12 clubs have dropped a nuke on uefa and fifa and now you you can't a nuclear war can't be one way the other the other side has to drop a nuke that that's that's just how it works right sitting in america speaking like american i think they're proud akshat <laughs> the, this is the thing this is the thing nuke nuclear weapons are supposed to be deterrents so that nuclear war doesn't happen but we're at a stage mutually where a first assured strike, destruction right yeah it is mutually assured destruction now what will uefa and fifa do they'll say the ha okay go No, they have to say we're going to ban your fucking players from playing from World Cup and and uh, Europe and Europe. They have to say it, but they can't do that. No, they can't. They, I mean, uh, it's it's very unlikely that 
I mean, they can. But it's very unlikely that that would happen because now let's take the Champions League for example. The semi-finals and finals are the ones are the games that earn the most amount of money. If they say that these three teams are banned from the Champions League, they have lost out a lot of money already. A lot. The thing is, Amar, if you give them an inch right now, and they're not taking an inch, they're taking the entire fucking mile already. But if you give them that, they will come and and stamp on you and destroy you. It's done. It's done. Yeah. They are, the ESL is not their long term vision is not a a twenty team uh, league. Their long term vision is to replace UEFA and to replace FIFA. Amen. Amen. That is what the long term vision is. And can we maybe touch upon that? Like, are there merits to this? I mean, guys, don't hit me through the laptop yet. I, I'll come to that. We'll talk about the the merits and what they think justifies it, right? But right now, like, let's just look at what UEFA and FIFA have to do, as you said. Like, what happens next? Um, clearly, fans are against it. Fans have spoken out. Not going to do shit. Let's face it. But uh, actually, just before you go on here, I think there's a distinction to be made. There is the international fan and there is the match-going fan. Right. The British, Italian, Spanish match-going fan are in. uproar they are not happy about this because what does this mean first you're going to say closed league uh, next you're going to say we're playing in new york on monday we're playing in taiwan on thursday we're playing in fucking azerbaijan on the next saturday what happens to our traditional football way of life right That's and it's going to happen it's going that, to happen that that is the end of this that is where they want to go with this right i mean more eyes why would you want to play in fucking chelsea like in stamford bridge every week when you can play in new york azerbaijan tokyo and then come back to london you know but I, i think another thing is to be seen is the asian the african and the middle eastern and the american markets there are a lot of fans who would like this and there are a lot of fans who would like this i don't want to say this sounding elitist but you you i'm not saying don't like it man i would love to see mbappe play messi every week that would be pretty cool but the first thing is the novelty wears off very soon i mean we've seen that the novelty wears off very soon i i'm, I'm just going to put it out there and you guys will, i'm just going to say i told you so later on the second thing is more than the novelty wearing off you're just under you're you're castrating the pitbull here you're not letting the product develop the way it should be exactly what ama said let's look at these teams they deserve to be where they are and 50 years ago and why aren't ajax porto why aren't these teams in the conversation here ajax have more champions league trophies than united have ajax have more champions league trophies than any english team except liverpool have so like what is this arbitrary selective history that you're saying you know we have won it so we can go but even though you've won it are chill bro you're from amsterdam no one gives a fuck like what is this shit no, nothing to do with history it's just whoever has the biggest market share in the like in the world they exactly are- yeah whoever has the biggest asian markets african markets american markets they're the ones who've been selected selected god they have selected themselves right yeah but let's let's before we go to the what now let's think of why they came together now they have been saying this for quite some time ufa put ffp on them to regulate them ufa put in bar to regulate the sport in itself both have not worked out technology in sport other than goal line technology as well as financial regulation has not worked out the way it's a process it's not happened it's not been what they wanted it and they have come out now and said that we are private entity and we can do this better than fucking public services we can do this better than ufa and fifa which are non profit organizations not that these guys are not multi millionaires don't get me wrong they fucking are 
but they are not meant to be profit maximization they are meant to be regulatory in nature so when you give 12 businessmen the keys to the car and they say we will trick it out we will put the most insane specs in this car i mean they have a point if anybody can run the product in the most commercially optimized way it is them genuinely it is the question we have to ask ourselves here is whether that is what we want do we want commercially optimal or do we want competitive football you can't get both both don't come they don't coexist so i mean at this point it's about choosing right it's about what you stand for it's about what you want no foot, football football will be competitive either ways man you put no i don't you put play, you put players of that caliber onto a pitch together you are going to get some sort of competitive uh, amar that is a micro okay go on i think you're going to say oh, let's let amar oh, wait, finish wait guys just as we are on the pod just as we are on the pod the news is that chelsea are the first team to walk away from the european yes 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 Oh man, let's fight, boys! Yeah, yeah. Chelsea back up. It's good because insane. Yeah, no, the fear of God has been put into them now. But can they? Like, as in, like they've signed a contract as well, right? So getting out of that, how easy is that? It's not an enforceable. It's not a contract. It's a letter of intent, though, right? They've all come out and said that we want to do this. There's nothing to enforce. It's not like the other clubs can come and say, "Bro, you promised you have to do this," because there's no. structure in place but tonight i'm a chelsea fan guys i'm sorry but tonight uh, oh, i'm supporting chelsea i, I i'm sorry i i'm not letting any of these 12 teams get away that easy none yeah, oh, yeah come yeah. on look, being the first team i'm sorry no, being the first no, team to walk uh, no, out of it is no, good no, being the first no, team to walk out of it no, is no, good. no 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 you need balls to do that yeah yeah like, i agree I, uh, you need balls to do that no i would say you need the least amount of balls to do that but i exactly. would agree that it's a good thing it is the good thing but i mean when you're comparing a hitler to a stalin no neither of them would you would want to be your dad so i mean they're <laughs> playing a losing game here to start with so like i don't know what we're doing no no but, okay but 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 let's come back to i no i think this is no th- this is actually a, a good like you know uh, circle back to what i was saying that um the the backlash that they have got from the fans from the ex players has helped but what has really scared them is the fact that um fifa and uefa are coming in and saying that um we're going to ban your players so on and so forth what has really scared them is boris johnson saying that we're going to consider the 50 plus 1 rule and with a russian owner chelsea will be the first team which is targeted right politically it's the first team which is going to be targeted let's let's not get too happy and and th- sorry akshat uh can you just explain to our listeners about the 50 plus 1 rule and what exactly boris johnson has said and how it would impact uh, ownership structures in the premier right league? right so 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 the 50 plus 1 rule is uh, uh basically the ownership structure which is prevalent in the bundesliga today and in german football as a whole today um where um at least 50% plus 1 share of a club has to be fan owned right it has to be um distributed amongst the stakeholders in terms of the season ticket holders and the club members right that is what the 50 plus 1 ownership is so essentially no matter how much of private equity you bring in the um on, the uh, control will always be with the fans right and and that is what uh, bayern and dortmund have today um and leipzig i think we we have it in one of our previous episodes um which of the guys know which episode it was No. <laughs> Listeners go back and listen to them all man is better to say sorry. <laughs> listen listen to them all but but we we read a bit of a deep dive into that. I think it was the uh, project big picture if I'm not wrong. But um but yeah so that is the ownership model and that kind of prevents um these private equities from from acting you know however they want right because the clubs will at the end of the day they will have 
the major de- uh, decision right when these kind of things come into play and now boris johnson which is the uk pm has said that has come out and said we will do everything in our power to make sure that this doesn't go through because the premier league is a huge thing for the country as well right and he has said huge. that uh, huge yeah and he has said that we are going to um consider uh, instating the 50 plus 1 rule um in the country and um of course for a for a for an owner like roman abramovich which um first of all is facing already russia russia and uk relations i'm not getting into the whole <laughs> political thing but it's it's very strained right now um he's going to be the first one to get targeted no doubt about it so uh, let's i mean yeah we're happy but this is not chelsea growing morals this is not chelsea growing a heart this is roman abramovich you know uh, getting a little bit scared that this is the kind of sanction which is what we were talking about earlier right that this is the reaction which we need we need strong reactions from governments we need strong reactions from the leagues we need strong reactions from uefa and fifa to kind of to scare these guys as much as possible and i'm so glad that one team has walked away it has set a precedent um i think manchester city are next i think they are also considering whether it's going to be worth all of this trouble because i don't think those two were in it the way the rest were yeah i think they were dragged along maybe spurs as well but i think the biggest culprits are arsenal united and liverpool by far yeah i think in, they are the ones yeah. who spearheaded this internationally as well maybe real madrid and ac milan but i think that and barca you can never leave that club out of these sort of things but See, like if we're going into specific teams it is like you said arsenal manchester united uh, liverpool uh, real madrid and juventus these are the these are the five teams who were at the forefront deciding the league structure um like from the very get go these were the five clubs right you look at teams like chelsea and manchester city and i'm not calling them blameless but if you're telling them that we are going to create a financially dominant league do you want to be a part of it right you are going to say yes yeah i mean if you say no you're just shooting yourself in the foot exactly, right, exactly. a club like barcelona who is a billion billion dollars in debt you're telling me that oh we're going to give you 350 million just to join our league and we're going to you know uh, make this super league where all the best teams are playing and our financial security is is sorted for the next 50 years are they going to say no no of course they're going to join right um so I, they would join like business sense would tell you yeah okay if this is where the money is going i have to go where the money is going or my club is dead exactly right that is why these other teams joined um but yeah again i'm so glad that this news broke just as we're recording this and hopefully it does set a precedent for the other for the other teams as well to show that yeah you can leave and now that they have left us fans can never forgive them never. i don't i if we are glazers out today we have to be glazers out throughout now because i think all of us none of us were really happy with our owners and now we just have uh, the biggest possible no but we, and, and over time over time i guess we got indifferent about exactly. who our owners are you know we just got used to the fact that they're not pumping enough money for our transfers and stuff like that but okay Uh, not getting in the best of players is one thing i can live with that exactly but i don't mind going that, ahead and doing something like this is is disgusting football is not your product yeah football is not your product to co-opt and say that we are the best it doesn't work that way uh, manchester united newton heath lr is a club founded by railway workers arsenal is a club founded by armament workers these clubs have history beyond the multi billion dollar contracts that these guys have with commercial deals with fucking aon and chevrolet that is what it is now that's not what it's supposed to be and that that's another thing is it's great that chelsea have pulled out and 
another thing that I like that Pohar also touched on before is everyone is on the same page. Players, coaches, fans. Even though we might give Klopp a little shit about, you know, how how he approached his press conference yesterday. I think it was yesterday, day before. Uh, Leeds. He's very tight-lipped yesterday, yeah. I mean, what can you expect him it, to say? Right? Exactly, yeah. Bo. I mean, what do you expect? It's not like he 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 is never. I guarantee you, you only heard probably murmurs of this within Melbourne or whatever the training complex is, and the, within the structure. I don't think any of the managers have a direct line to the owners in any of these club structures. I mean, even Pep today, right? Even Pep today. I mean, he's like we talk to the press six. Six week, like six days a week, and you ask us questions about all kinds of specific topics, and we're supposed to be the ones who answer it. But we're not specialists in these, the, like in these topics and decisions. You should rather ask and you the don't presidents like, and the yeah, people and you don't the expect club. them to be man. They're just trying to do their fucking job. But what Pep said, there is no value in a product of sporting integrity if effort and reward are not directly correlated. You I love those. Can't words just from get Pep. reward. You can't yeah. just get reward. Brilliant. That doesn't work. And yeah. this is what I'm talking about. There are men within men and women within this. Huh, before we move on, but also like to address the fact that they want. Yeah, to sh- let's bring up the women. Who women the league. Fuck! It's literally like oh, okay, crazy. This oh yeah, yeah yeah. We'll have a women's league as well, guys. I forgot to tell you that we're inclusive as fuck. Where is Lyon? Where are all the other fucking women's teams that are actually doing something? Leon dominate the sport. Leon have won for the past five Champions Leagues, man. Amazing. Manchester United do not let their women's team play where their men's first team play. We didn't have a women's team three years ago, dude. <laughs> what What are we doing? Like what the WSL, the Women's Super League, which is touch wood a great product as of now, is becoming better year by year. They're just celebrating their ten year anniversary this year. Exactly, it's such a new product, and you're telling me you want to uproot that in the name of we are the biggest brand, so therefore we should have a men's and women's team here. It's so out of touch, man. It, for me, when I hear these guys, so I've got to think that people who are in high positions, not just in football and at fucking Microsoft and Dell, are being informed by people who are related in some way and have some sort of interest, vested interest, and attachment to the end consumer. Microsoft understands that in B2B transactions they need to have something in fucking their software to help these guys when they want a functionality. Are you fucking telling me that Perez can come out and say fans want a smaller like shorter game? Are you telling me that kids between 16 and 24 are not interested in the sport? Bro, 90% of your players are between the ages of 16 and 24. There are kids giving up their entire childhood to play this fucking sport that you call football and you're trying to steal for them and you're telling me they're not interested in it. you guys have denied them the access by systematically over the past 20 25 30 years increasing ticket prices and gentrifying the fucking sport let's this sport is being gentrified right now wherein it's meant for the upper middle class and the high class it is not what it is supposed to be which is the working man sport man also let's let's talk let's talk a little bit like i want to address this point particularly as to why I fell in love with the sport, and what are the stories of the sport that really, you know, appeal to me and mean so much to me that is going to be obliterated by having a league like this. Firstly, it's that one picture of Jesus um, when he's painting the streets during the Brazil World Cup, and then he's playing for Brazil in the World Cup a little later. I mean, that uh, you can't you can't write stuff like that, man. That is that is written by the gods, not by twelve fucking businessmen who are sitting and making shady deals around the table. 
um alfonso davies and his uh, immigration problems and then now playing for bayern munich winning the champions league that is incredible and becoming the ambassador for uh, refugees yeah Canada, becoming the ambassador the but here's my favorite story of all time jamie wadi playing non league football smoking cigarettes eating pizzas <laughs> drinking red bull goes and breaks rude van mister roy's record think yeah. of all the superstar strikers that have graced the premier league before that We didn't have Thierry Henry breaking that record. We didn't have Robin van Persie breaking that record. We didn't have Drogba breaking that record. We had Jamie Vardy, who came from non-league football, <laughs> plays for Leicester City, who won the who won the Premier League that year, and are close to qualifying for the Champions League this year, and are not included in the Super League. I mean, that for me is is what hurts me the most. You know, if we have a Super League, we don't have these kind of stories anymore. We don't have football anymore. You don't. You don't. It's a new product. It's soccer. Let's just call it soccer. Yeah. Because that's what it is at that point. It fits with the name also, European Soccer League. Amar, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I wanted to take it back a little bit. You mentioned the competitiveness aspect and how it's going to remain in like the same or even more because you're going to find Mbappe versus Messi or Mbappe versus Haaland. No, I, I didn't say. We, I didn't say even more. No, don't get me wrong. I said that there would be competitive. No, nah, but put I, players like that on the field. I, I would disagree, though. Like, let me give you a different perspective on that. Uh, I'm going to give you the example of my my club over here. Arsenal have been on a steady decline for the past 15, 20 years. Ever since Kroenke stepped into the club, they've been on a steady decline. And the only reason you're seeing them shelling out money and wanting to improve right now is to get that big Champions League payout. The moment you guarantee. like a sustained absolutely every single year absolutely event. what how the fuck do you expect them to shell a penny out even more like they're just going to let the club rot over there knowing the fact yeah. that they're going to get a payout every single year so yeah. i bet competitiveness as long as there's no as long as there's no jeopardy then there is nothing to lose no i i think po you've just nailed it over there right yeah what this league is doing is it's creating a permanent cash cow for the owners exactly the moment you're part of this european super league it doesn't matter how many trophies you win in the european super league it doesn't matter how many premier league trophies you win it doesn't matter how many fa cups you win you are going to get paid the owners are going to get paid right that is the ultimate cash cow they this is a one time investment for them to get into this league once they're into this league they don't have to spend a single penny anymore Yeah. They they can let the club and the squad go to shit. How does it matter? If okay, let let me let me just put it this way, okay? Okay, let's say there's an ambitious owner who wants to win the Premier League, okay? Let's say United and Arsenal are still in the Premier League and playing the European Super League, right? Maybe 10 games into the season, um United and Arsenal are 10 points behind Chelsea, okay? Now, it doesn't matter if we finish second in the Premier League or 17th in the Premier League. Doesn't matter. Uh, that, you know what would be beautiful is one of the super clubs to get relegated from their first division when they're doing this breakaway league. I would sell my kid. And, and I don't think that would matter to the owners. Frankly, I don't think they'd care because the bulk of their cash is coming from the European Super League. No, I, I, I think they'd be able to hear the chappals flying in the definitely. distance. Definitely, and then you'd see the very next year them spe- like spending big pots and getting back in the Premier League, and it's the same thing all over. Yeah, time. yeah, but ju- just to just to add on to what Po said, I mean, uh, for a club like Arsenal, let's take Arsenal specific example. They would have certain goals, right? From this point, and next year's next season's goal would be to get in qualify for the Champions League. 
and then it would probably be get to the round of 16 of the champions league later on and all this requires investment right you want to go step by step and get the right players put in the right money they got in uh, partey this season which i thought was a great acquisition to help, to help them boost their uh, position in the champions for champions league football but now that that's completely out of the window you are ninth you need to qualify for champions league next year no you're already in the european amar you don't have to spend the money on a hall amar what you're calling goals is what owners call hassles they're fucking roadblocks yeah. to them they like i don't want i don't exactly but they are genuinely roadblocks though but that's what i said no, and that is what sport is about sport is about overcoming the odds and achieving something man that is what sport is why eggs fucking actually man why play a tournament if everyone's guaranteed winners that, and that is what it is we're guaranteed winners of the of the money ball or whatever you want to call it right you yeah you might as well over the next 12 years like super league <laughs> Every year over the night, it's, it's being sponsored apparently by J.P. Morgan. So, so I don't know uh, what could get more evil. Yeah. So, over the next decade and a half, just give the league every year to a different team. No one. Yeah. Will. It will not affect your product in any way. I will give two shits. But also, also over here, uh, as as when we are talking a little bit about what UEFA could do, uh, there are reports that they have approached Centricus. Uh, a company centricus for a 7.2 billion package to restore the champions league and pay back you know the teams that that were complaining against it so i, I mean i don't know how this is going to Let, work let's out let's not get into that i i don't want to get into that right now i it, it'll just piss me off that's basically agreeing to the demands and extortion right yeah yeah and that but now now like who's to say that okay who's to say that uh, today this is solved by you by giving a better package to the champions league and making all the club presidents happy in 5 years time the, the same conversation exactly. is going to come up exactly the, the, they are greedy exactly. man like it's, it's the same thing is going to come up for this point we need those government regulations and like more better rules to engage these clubs but right now i mean that 50 plus 1 discussions in the senate that needs to go through this is a huge wake up call not only for governments but even for footballing fans to be a little more vigilant about the clubs that they support i agree and not you know let 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 go with anything that everything that happens i mean it is a problem that you're not going and picking your number one transfer target of the season it is a problem that you're not signing anyone for, for two years we need a center back fucking get a center back <laughs> <laughs> that's how it should be right Don't get me wrong though like if you're going to give me a 300 million cash carry right now I'll take it man like Arsenal definitely <laughs> needs it I'll take it but it's close but at what cost so I mean and, and, exactly and, man, and, uh, I know like this is not exactly what we're talking about I just want to bring it up uh, at least once in the podcast that the, at what cost right because um a lot of the conversations i'm seeing from the people who are supporting the european super league is like what the premier league will still exist no it's not like it's not like when doing that what what big difference is going to make right and i just want to properly explain once how this is going to kill clubs and i'm talking about kill bankruptcy going into administration clubs all over the world right especially from the european leagues so you have clubs and you have these uh, let's say premier league right now um, the clubs and the big clubs they draw eyeballs to the premier league and that is that coexistence which vaishnav was talking about right so the big clubs draw uh, eyeballs which basically is comes in the form of investments right 
um that's how you get the big broadcast deals that's how you get the big commercial deals the big sponsorship deals which improves the premier league and as the premier that's league that's how the football pyramid lives on right exactly now, 92 other clubs right and, and that improves the premier league the premier league gives in gets in the money and in in extension the premier league then improves its own product it becomes more competitive and that gives a platform for these bigger clubs to go and make even more money and go and appeal and get an even broader appeal right that's the coexistence between the two between big clubs and and the leagues now um the issue which which the big clubs see is that okay we are helping you but you're not helping us enough right they're saying that we're getting we're giving you all of this money you're taking this money you're giving us a lot of it no doubt about it but you're also giving this club to coventry as amar said you're also giving this uh, this money to um, let some league to random league two teams some random championship teams we don't want to do that we are greedy we are greedy fucking pigs we don't want you to do that so we're going to form our own league where we don't have to give this money to anyone else right now when you take these clubs away the premier league suffers immediately because the, these clubs are not giving a shit about the premier league they are going to draw the eyeballs to another tournament which means that the premier league draws lesser eyeballs they get lesser broadcasting deals they get lesser sponsorship deals and they make lesser money and because they make lesser money the league two sides don't get their money and the league two sides go to administration league one sides championship sides that's the way it works so you saying that oh the premier league will still be there how is it affecting anything oh we'll still watch the premier league it doesn't work like that as fans you can watch the premier league with the esl also but the premier league is not going to make even close to the amount of money it's making right now and it needs to make that much of money because then it can't support the football pyramid below it that's one thing yeah also the quality of the football being played exactly the more players you can buy with the increase in investments and like you at the same time you take away money from the lesser like lesser clubs and from the leagues themselves you're going to have a big disparity between the product that is the ESL and you're right bro this is where the competition part comes again right because i mean right now right now what is happening is that in the premier league you have one winner you're playing second third fourth for champions league fifth sixth seventh for europa league all of that is gone now 20 teams are playing only for one winner and if you are say sixth and to not get relegated six, yeah right. and not get relegated yeah but i'm talking in terms of like big clubs perspective the six of them that have come into 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 the super league if you're fifth or sixth on the table and you know that city are like 20 25 points ahead then you are not going to go and field your best teams to go and play in the premier league it's done exactly that's what i said you can be second or 17th who gives a shit yeah it doesn't matter yeah exactly and i just want to just i i need to publish this on public record these are the same guys that are pissed off and mino rayola wants 500000 pounds saying that money is going out of the sport you can't say that anymore i'm sorry you can't say that let's let's put a regulations for intermediaries on the side let fifa regulate that if i hear one more club executive out of these 12 say that agents are taking money out of the sport i i, I will have a visceral physically fucking violent <laughs> reaction what fucking hypocrisy dude so when other people take it out of the sport is take it out of the sport but when you take it out of sport what is it then like can we not be two faced little bitches here can you come out put your this is one more thing that has bugged me amar started this podcast by quoting what joel glazer said the man has never done an interview in capacity as manchester united once, majority once he's done it when he just got the club and this is by the way the same guy who was at the super bowl last year when tampa bay won it oh? very fucking publicly parading around the fucking trophy right 
man this is the same group of people who will keep telling us agents are a leech on the system agents are a leech on the system agents are a leech on the system when in reality they are the only ones looking out for the welfare of the players like genuinely they are we might hate raiola i hate raiola and mendes just as much as the next guy but they are the only ones who care about the players even though they're you know care about the players is within self interest itself right i mean if you get them a bigger it's a business player, yes. you get a bigger it's a business yeah Yeah, exactly. But that's how it works. That's how it balances out. It's the same way that the clubs. The more you save on a player, the more players you get to sign. So here, when you're doing that, the agent is in the equation, saying that no, no, my player is worth more. Another thing I wanted to touch upon, which Koh and Akshat put up, put forth very beautifully in terms of the competitiveness. What happens to youth development? There are mechanisms within the European pyramid in place. Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi started at Barcelona, arguably at Marseille. Fine. I'll give it to them. They got their own player, one of the greatest of all time. Awesome man, keep him with you. Name me any other fucking star player, man, except maybe ten or fifteen nowadays. The Marcus Rashfords and the Phil Fordens who are coming through your academy. Ninety-nine percent of the players who get to the Real Madrid, Barcelona, Manchester United, Manchester City level, they don't start there. They are being trained by small clubs in France, Netherlands, Belgium, fucking the UK, Wales. they aren't starting by getting the platinum manchester united academy level treatment so what happens to these smaller academies that are developing the talent there are mechanisms in place where you pay them money based on his exploits that this player is making the small town that cristiano ronaldo came from the clubs that he played for before he played for sporting lisbon were being paid money until very recently for his exploits because of mechanisms that are in place known as training compensation solidarity mechanisms like not very recently because the man is like 35 and you pay that only till you're 23 and 28 but that's technicality what i'm trying to say is there is a genuine trickle down effect if you do very well for example bruno fernandes came to manchester united as we all very well know sporting lisbon will be paying a shitty amount of money wins the ballon d'or he's not going to win the ballon d'or but that's how this stuff is done sporting lisbon are nowhere as big a club as manchester united and they could really use the money so this is how this shit happens now you're telling me that you 12 guys are the only ones who want to play Are you fucking gonna tell me right now that you're going to invest in a better youth academy system set up? I don't think so. You guys weren't ready to wait for next year to fight for the Champions League. You're telling me you're waiting for twenty years to allow this to bear fruit? I highly doubt it. You're gonna have mercenary footballers, man. You're gonna have Halan playing for six teams in six years. What What I want to say here is that has the Do you think that the entire process of the European Super League planning and execution has been accelerated, firstly because of the pandemic? That you can understand because there's no match yes. day income. But secondly, and more interestingly, is it because of the positions of Leicester and West Ham this season, and where Arsenal and Spurs have been, and Chelsea have been, and Liverpool have been? It's not just that. Like we're just talking about the Premier League here, though, because you look across Europe, like Juventus are not yeah. where they're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Madrid are like not where they're supposed to be, and like AC Milan and Inter Milan. But are... they're still within the Champions League. I mean, in in Spain, it's the top three are. Madrid, Atletico, yeah, I mean, and Barcelona. But, so they've retained that Champions League spot, and Juventus are still third. But if I'm not wrong, third, right? Was, for Juventus, it's a matter of a normal procession, isn't it? Like winning the of league, winning. And now this year, it's not the happening. Winning, yeah. I mean, you can compare, like you can say the same thing for PSG, although they're not in this conversation. Like none of these like so-called big clubs of like past are performing at the levels they're supposed to be, and like this has got the, everyone shitting their pants. I'm talking specifically about the Premier League, particularly because you know we know that Arsenal, Liverpool, and United are some of the main culprits in this. With United, it's very up and down, and the conversation has always been going on. And considering Arsenal and Liverpool's position, 
with the covid uh, pandemic effects i i think there could be a strong case that they've decided to accelerate the process this season i actually i actually disagree with that amar i don't think it has anything to do with our uh, with our position i think it's because the champions league and the uefa club competition revamp is due on 2324 season or 2425 if i'm i'm sorry if i'm mistaken um but um that is when there's a major overhaul and the the champions league swiss model is coming in right yeah. like um that that was when the negotiations between the premier clubs were going on with uefa on how they see european football in the future and these guys didn't get what they wanted and because they didn't get what they wanted i think that is what accelerated the talks of the super league i don't think it has to do uh, and uh, to add on akshat's point uh the pandemic has been a factor in accelerating this process but not because they don't have money uh let me sort of let you into the nefarious underbelly of what business people think so over the past 12 months as everyone listening to this podcast knows we've been hit by probably the most severe fucking you know illness a global illness right a global illness in terms of how badly it's affected the economy as well as just people's lives in general and the just coming back to the point that i had spoken about earlier the match going fan and the international fan i think clubs have realized that the match day fan they're not worth it anymore uh, rory jennings brings up this point really well on the kickoff which is true jordy's podcast and show or whatever and they had a really nice one and a half hour long episode on this i really advise our listeners to check it out if you have the time and he talks sorry about- sorry i'm i'm just i'm just going to interrupt you vaishnav uh, manchester city have withdrawn manchester city have withdrawn there's yeah. breaking news coming from talk sport again i don't know the how how this thing it is so, okay i'll uh, take it i'll take it i'll take all it all 12 clubs are meeting tonight to discuss disbanding the super league oh man <laughs> what a void episode <laughs> oh fuck bro this is like oh my god i'm so my happy i'm going to leave i am going to leave let's record something else what's, guys, what's the other topics wait, wait. we had on the no 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 Did we just stop the Super League, guys? I think we solved the Super League problem. But okay, we did it. We did it. You're just doing this for the intro. Fuck you, Akshay. I wanted to. I wanted to get into one. I just have this one last point, Po, and then you can come in. I think they've realized how much more important the international fan is because of the numbers that were forced to view Premier League games via internet. by a broadcasting wherein they had direct correlated numbers of how many people are watching and they realize how bigger that audience is than the match day fan and more than that rory again brings up a great point if you're an arsenal season ticket holder if you're a manchester united season ticket holder we're going to the, like you're getting what 1900 800 pounds from us every year but that's not the same if it's like a tourist from fucking Bombay. If it's a tourist from Bangkok, you know they're going to the fan shop. They're spending all their money that they can. I've spent so much cash in the fan shop, dude. And that's how it is. You're gonna make a hundred and fifty pounds off this dude's expenditure right outside in the fan shop. Another couple hundred for the match day ticket. More hundred for booze. That adds up to. And another thing is these clubs don't care about fans. They care about customers. Ten. customers are more valuable to these clubs than one fan is because that one fan is coming every year these 10 guys are 10 different people that are going to bring 10 more people that are going to bring 10 more people and that makes sense from a business perspective but when you do that you lose the sport and hale fucking luya that <laughs> city and chelsea have pulled out and i don't know what to say man i don't know if i should celebrate that or not chelsea and city are on the good I side the very fact that we had to do this podcast is very sad bro because it just shows 
the amount of power that 12 individual entities have on a global phenomena it is insane right they, uh, an overnight right. decision can destroy the very fabric of the sport of why we love the sport and it has to be a wake up call for everyone like there, there are no two ways about I hope it. it is definitely i mean i just wanted to add one point of the over saying i mean we talked to we mentioned covid here and how it's affected global football over the last year i mean these club these clubs had us fooled man i mean i just saw this somewhere else but they legit had us yeah, fooled really man let me i legit thought there was good in them because of all the community work of all the people forthcoming trying to help the people who are, who don't have the means to survive and i mean and at the end of it during an economic in these dire circumstances these clubs come out by saying that we want to make more cash by forming the super league this just like takes away all the goodwill that they built over the last year and i was I yeah, was, I'm just fooled. And you should still be pissed off about Ganasaurus. Yeah, I mean, Ganasaurus nearly <laughs> faced extinction for this man. <laughs> Come on, uh, guys. Uh, sorry, Po. Uh, apparently, United are also pulling out. Hey, not bad. Wow. Crazy. Why are you reading this? Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm this just breaking news. MP that uh, I put that like uh, picture on the group yesterday, where a couple of MPs wrote to City and United. I think the internal British regulation for the whole fan model is picking up steam, which is why they're getting. Oh, Atletico yeah. Madrid also. Atletico Madrid also. Yeah. Okay. Sidebar. Sidebar. Okay. <laughs> Are we even going to release this? I don't think we can at this point. <laughs> I mean, let's let's do. I it, think bro. it'll be. I think it'll be a cool episode because like it's reactionary, bro. Let's let's like condense it down and keep the main parts as like when we get the news of each team withdrawing. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't see how we can release this. Hey, uh, listeners, I hope I hope you spread the word, guys, because we have the four of us have just saved European <laughs> football. Uh, it's thirty-five degrees in Bangalore right now, but I've helped some blokes in Manchester. Oh, I'm sweating <laughs> in a room with the fan on. Man. Yeah, we guys, we we solved it. You guys are welcome. This is this is our episode title, bro. You saved European football. <laughs> Holy, bro! I am I'm giddy right now, dude. Dude, look, I can't stop smiling. I I feel like a little kid. No? Let me just uh, yeah, let me just close the episode. I, no, let me just like finish off the episode. one sec with what I say. You can finish it off, man. But I just want to sign off by saying we cannot forget this. We cannot forgive this. Yeah. Uh, if they all pull out, they all pull out. But I'm never forgetting that my yeah. club did this to me. You like all these clubs have a big black dot against their name, man. I mean, you no one can forgive what they've done. And like the chant that Amar was singing yesterday. That is going to be sung across every fucking big six, big six stadium. I can't wait for fans to be in stadiums, man. I can't. We know wait. what you are. We know what you are. Six greedy bastards. We know what you are. Beautiful, beautiful. The other fourteen Premier League clubs are not going to let this slide. So this is going to be an interesting watch, man. And I guarantee you that if. Every single United fan at those stadiums, every single Arsenal, Spurs, City, Chelsea, Liverpool Definitely. fan will join these fans. These fourteen yeah, other fans. They will be the ones in, in, yo, in shaming the own club. What are you talking about? Bro, like May May first is United Liverpool, and there are already talks of both the fans getting together and marching to the stadium as as a sign of protest. No, walking out, walking out. Yeah, and yeah. Liverpool have done this before. Uh, the entire of the cop end walked out. I don't remember why, but they they staged a walkout. That was a big deal. Yeah, and I was hoping something like that would happen. And and you know, and you, I I just like I'm just thinking of the further consequences of this. 
um these big clubs who were acting like bullies uh, to uefa or no no the champions league isn't giving us enough money anymore uefa called their bluff they're like okay fine you go to the super league we're going to fucking ban you and we're going to, you're going to face repercussions right uefa called their bluff and these guys are now withdrawing with their tails between their legs right uefa has to feel empowered now these guys have to take advantage of the fact that they are in a position of strength and they have to do whatever they can to make life miserable for these 12 clubs i don't i want us to still be knocked out of the europa league i don't care if we're winning it i don't care i want us to be banned from the champions league for the next 5 years just as a deterrent so that in 15 years from now if if any owner thinks that we're going to do this again we can show that listen you tried this we banned you for 5 years this is what's going to happen again brilliant yeah but okay i wanted to say this though like side note like i don't think i agree with that akshat this the all the all this dissent we've shown is towards the owners like i just wanted to mention that I agree. it's separate i agree clubs, man. like the people i agree clubs, the staff the i agree Pope, staff, but you have to scare the owners how else can you scare the owners all of them do not deserve this i mean like yeah, none I of them agree, knew what was yeah, coming yeah. on man i mean like even right now at arsenal arsenal wanted to have a meeting with the board and like none of them wanted to respond to them i mean they're still left confused po i'm just i i completely agree with you I like 100% agree with you but just coming back to my nuclear war analogy that is what nuclear war is it is destruction on both sides right um the players got caught in this right they they had absolutely no idea the managers had no idea only was told 30 minutes before kick off that this is going through right they are not at fault but you need to show these guys that you cannot even think of doing this again like you there has to be some punishment and it can't be monetary yeah, that's pocket change for some of these guys it can't be monetary why i say this is because like the the values of the club and the way the club is supposed to be all these things that we talk about they're not like defined by the owners they're defined by the staff who've been there for like 25 30 years or defined by the fans the definitely as fans like the supporters the fans the players and the managers like nothing to do with the custodians or the owners so like if we want to retain that right? i don't think we should be punishing the people who have nothing to do with this although like there's no other solution uh, listeners as of 12 5 am on the today is the 21st uh, football twitter is lighting up again let's go i'm, I'm so excited it. i'm so just excited. loving it man uh, 24 hours ago gary lenneker had to tweet uh, we want our ball back And he has just tweeted, "We got our ball back." Yeah, chills, man. We want our ball back. Chills. Was actually and one of the nicer hashtags that went around. It was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect, bro. It was, man. Yeah, we, we got, got our a, ball back. Got a my, my, my favorite was Bruno's caption, dude. Football can't be bite <laughs> or something. Like that. Papa, bro, it's not his first fucking language. No, dreams yeah. can't be bite. Sorry, it was dreams can't be bite. I loved even Mourinho's post. On this day, I don't know how many ever years ago he won the Champions League with Porto, and that is not going to happen with the Super League. And his caption is only two eyes. Can we address that? I mean, Mourinho getting sacked from Tottenham, and it ha- it just had to be Tottenham, didn't it? Like the only club Mourinho <laughs> didn't win a trophy. And I'm just so fucking happy, man. Like it just had to be Tottenham. You know, the, I think it's hilarious that that maybe Levy thought that. Um, okay, we're getting too much backlash from Spurs fans about leaving the European Super League. So, so let's just sack more to make them happy. And then, like a week later, oh, they're like, "Oh wait, we have oh, a final. Shit. We sacked a manager, and we don't have the European Super League." <laughs> <laughs> It's such a Spurs thing to do, dude. All this. And I would also just 
<laughs> I want all you guys, all the guys on the pod as well as the listeners, uh, just get onto Twitter or whatever social media you're on, uh, and just look at the statements that footballers like Luke Shaw and Kevin De Bruyne very recently have put out. Oh, De Bruyne's is a strong message, man. It it it, it shows you how much there is. You can have. What did he say? What did he say? You want me to read just it read out? out? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, read it. It's it's a, it's a little long. Uh, it's not really that long. I don't mind reading. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> this man comes out a little town out of Belgium, dreaming of playing at the highest stage possible. I've represented the Belgium, German, and English league, and also proudly represented my country. I have worked and competed against everybody trying to win the ultimate. But the most important word in this is competing. With all events that has that have been happening the last few days. Maybe this is the good moment for everybody to come together and try try to work for a solution. We know this is a big business, and I know I'm part of this business. But still, I'm a little boy who just loves to play football. It's not about a certain entity in this case. It's about the football over the whole world. Let's keep inspiring the next generation of footballers and keep the fans dreaming. Nice, um, very nice. He can. That is beautiful. He can, he can nice. fucking. To put a five-year-old in the next Manchester derby, and I'll still be on his side, man. Akshat, why are you laughing? What did Gary you Neville? Gary Neville has just tweeted, "Come on, Joel, let's be having ya." Bro, come on, Joel, what? Let's have a beer. Let's let's be let's be having ya. Like like let's let's go, let's go, bro. Bring it. You're going to say something now. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Bro, Orbin, you know, a guy from Opta tweeted saying that if Arsenal leave the European Super League, it'll be the second unbeaten season that they've ever had. We've not lost the game, man. Bricky. <laughs> but you weren't top of the table. You can't be top of the AC table. Milan, AC Milan took you. that from you. Yeah. Aren't, but aren't they just Milan on the table? Like they don't have the AC. Name. No, no, no. They're just Milan. No, if Milan is international. About if, okay, if Arsenal right. are the only team in the European Super League, they are still second favorites to win it. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> there's another tweet I'm reading. <laughs> I read the same thing about Spurs right now. But there's another uh, tweet which is saying that can a league which has not even produced its first fixture list or played its first match even be disbanded, even be called <laughs> disbanded? <laughs> I wonder what Perez is doing right now. Since we're on the topic of viral tweets, uh, Tim Stillman has tweeted, "I always knew Chelsea would be at the center of the collapse of civilization, <laughs> but I never imagined that I would enjoy it like this." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, okay, listeners, like this is just all live reactions. This podcast is not really a podcast right now. It's just like it's almost a live stream which is being posted late. But I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but up and uh, I just want to take back my words. Uh, David Onstein has just tweeted just to stay on to what Akshat said. United haven't officially left or stayed in the European Super League, but I mean we can imagine what's going to happen. Yeah, right yeah. I don't, I don't think they can now. Um, uh, I, I would, I would still say that. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to imagine what Perez's reaction is to all this right now. I'm. I'm mean, imagining him with ten phones in front of him, and he's trying to plead with everyone that no, please stay. You know, we can sort this out. We'll figure it out. You and me together will beat the world. He's scratching his head, thinking, "Hey, bro, but I said there'll be five timeouts, a halftime show with Beyonce and Budweiser will be the sponsor. Why don't they want?" Vaishnav, you know that was what's coming, dude. Like yeah, I am. That is that. Like, 100%. Yeah, Beyonce no, halftime shows 100%. for sure. Yeah, for no. sure. There were memes flying around with the Disney logo. Hey, I'm Harry Maguire, and you're watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> that 
that and like Disney logo at the start. <laughs> That's too funny, bro. That's too funny. Best was I am Sergio Ramos. Hi, I'm Mama Tala. <laughs> You're watching the Disney Channel. <laughs> 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 I'm glad I'm glad we can laugh man at the end. Dude, I am so relieved. So Bro, the, so the mindset relieved. that we started this podcast on <laughs> now is just melted <laughs> away. It's just melted I, away. I, I can't wait to listen back to it. It'll be so funny. Like, I'm like, dude, what were you so stressed about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Akshat, bro, we know what's going to happen in five minutes. Amar, you broke the Chelsea news, no? I think you yeah. really cut someone off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I love it, bro. I love it. I love it. Good you're looking at your phone during the podcast. Very professional. I'm, my, I'm doing the podcast on my phone, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's It's been one hour, 20 minutes. How do we wrap it now? Um... I oh, guess uh, thanks for listening guys. Like, guys. By the way by the way listeners I am not editing this. Like we have to editing. just put it up the way. Dibs are not editing. Yeah, <laughs> we're just putting it. this up. Okay. Yeah. So hey, no no no. No, I'm saying no edit at all. I'm oh. I'm just publishing this dude. Yeah. How else can you you can't edit yeah. around this. Edit the like, first starting bit. Okay. Uh, so uh, guys thank you for getting uh, to the end of our first ever unedited episode and our first ever live stream episode. <laughs> Uh, all in one. Um, we're sorry for the roller coaster of emotions that uh, you guys had to go through listening to this. Uh, we went through it as well. Um, it's unfortunate. Actually, it's not unfortunate. It's pretty fortunate that things changed so quickly. And uh, we're happy football is back. And uh, we got a ball back. Yay! <laughs>